Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to the Dirt Show. Obviously, breaking news today, Hunter Biden um, has uh, made a deal to uh, plead guilty to two counts of um, filing taxes late and, and one count relating to the failure to put down his uh, drug use in a gun application. Um, this may surprise some people, but the sentence is for these three, um, two, two misdemeanors and one offense uh, are, are just about right. That's what most people would get for filing taxes late, uh, even though technically it could be called a felony. Almost nobody is ever prosecuted for a felony for uh, filing their taxes late. In fact, many people are not prosecuted at all for failing their tax, filing their taxes late. They're just given fines. Um, but um, uh, he was uh, indicted and he made a, a deal. And as far as the statement on the form, nobody would ever have discovered uh, a false statement on a gun form that's probably tucked away somewhere unless it was part of a kind of tit for tat, you know, Biden, Trump dispute. Uh, as usual, I predicted this exactly right. Uh, I wrote in columns and I said on the air that shortly after Trump was indicted uh, federally, we would see an indictment against Hunter Biden. It would be for minor, 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 minor crimes. And then uh, Democrats and the administration will say, see, we're, we're even handed. We, we uh, prosecute everybody. We prosecuted uh, the son of the president and we prosecuted the former president and the man running to be future president. Well, not quite the same. Now, there's a little bit of a dispute about, um, about this deal. The, um, Prosecution has suggested that the investigation may not be completely over, and the defense has said categorically, it's over. This is it. No more investigations. Um, and that is a cause of uh, concern. Now, look, I don't know what was on that laptop, and I don't know what's on the tapes that allegedly they have, 17 or so, with Hunter Biden and a couple maybe with Joe Biden. I don't know um, the facts. Um, and I, I hope there is nothing incriminating on them. I don't like people being criminally prosecuted. I certainly don't like the weaponization of the criminal justice system against um, people of either party. Um, but if there is anything to it, there's certainly a lot of smoke. But, you know, the smoke has been generated largely by the media and by partisans. So one has to look with at least some suspicion on, on, the, on the smoke. Maybe the smoke is arson. Uh, maybe it's a, a real fire. I don't know the answer to that question. I do know the answer to this question. And that is, there's no equivalency between charging the son of the president with two misdemeanors and one diversion uh, offense uh, and compared to charging um, former president and future uh, 
presidential candidate, Donald Trump, with serious, serious felonies carrying, you know, years and years and years of imprisonment. If, if Hunter Biden was, was indicted essentially to show equality, it failed. Um, but the worst issue is, is the investigation over? And if, look, if, if there was a thorough investigation, and it proved that all these charges about the laptop and about Burisma and about these uh, tapes are false. Hey, that, let the chips fall where they may. That, that's the right result. On the other hand, if there's more to it, I, I'd like to know that. Now, no, the hard question is this. Um, this is the result of a special prosecutor um, appointed by Donald Trump, a special prosecutor. Um, and sometimes special prosecutors file reports. Uh, they always file reports to the attorney general. The question is, do you make the reports public? In this case, the reports probably should be made public because the public is very suspicious of um, what happened to the laptop, what happened to Burisma. Um, if there was a thorough investigation and it proved there was nothing to it, we should know that. If there was something to it, but not enough for a criminal prosecution, we should know that this is not the normal case where there's an investigation conducted in private and the Justice Department's policy is they just either announce an indictment or no indictment or they say nothing. This is not that kind of case. This is a case involving the son of the president of the United States. It's a case involving a special prosecutor. It's a case involving a long, long, long investigation. It's a case involving some facts that we know are true. We know there's a laptop and, and we have some information about what might be on that laptop. Um, and we know that there are some facts that are undisputed about uh, Burisma and about the relationship between both Hunter Biden and um, President Biden in terms of his statement when he was vice president that you better fire the prosecutor, you're not going to get the money. Uh, enough there to warrant a, a report putting to rest what the facts are, because there's going to be concern otherwise. It's going to not be good for the Bidens, uh, certainly, because there's always going to be the aura of suspicion. Well, it won't be good for them if they're innocent. If they're not innocent, it's very good for them. And I don't know the answer to that question. The presumption of innocence, you know, people mistake that for believing that's a presumption that exists in the world. No, it, it doesn't exist in the world. The presumption of innocence only applies to a person who is on trial, and he must be presumed innocent by the jury and by the judge. By the way, judges presume them guilty all the time because they deny them bail. So people are denied bail just based on an indictment. That has to be a presumption of guilt. The presumption of innocence only means that the jury will be instructed that in considering the evidence against this defendant at this trial, you must not consider the indictment as evidence of guilt. You must presume him innocent until and unless there's sufficient evidence to prove his guilt beyond a reasonable doubt. So many people misunderstand the presumption of innocence. It does not apply to the media. It does not apply to historians. It doesn't apply to you and me. Uh, people can presume me guilty all they want of whatever crimes they want. I am not blanketed by a presumption of innocence, nor are you. Uh, I would be if I were being tried in court. So let's get that clear. You as a citizen are entitled to presume anything you want about Hunter Biden, about Joe Biden, about Donald Trump, about Hillary Clinton, about anybody else, as long as you're not the judge giving an instruction to the jury in a criminal case. So that has to be clear because that's widely, widely misunderstood. Look, 
maybe there should be a general presumption of innocence in life. Um, that's a good idea, but that's not what the law today provides. Um, and, and so we'll see. We'll wait and see if there's a further investigation, if there's further information, if there is further uh, details coming out of the Justice Department. I just don't know. I don't know how that's going to work. Um, but I can tell you a few things. Again, one, not going to satisfy Republicans, and it probably won't satisfy some independents. Um, they will probably say to themselves, look, we've been hearing so much about Burisma, about the laptop, about all of that. Well, what's going on? Why do they indict him only for two very minor tax charges, which, as I said, most people aren't even indicted for those charges. If you file your taxes late, you usually get a fine. Um, now, these are two, and they were very late, and um, you know, there were other factors. Um, and, and, and not putting a drug addiction on a, on a gun license, look, he's punished for that. He, he, even though he's in a diversion program, he can never again own a gun. And for those of you who are strong believers in the right to own guns, that's a serious punishment. So, you know, people on the right, the extreme right particularly, uh, are going to have a hard time complaining about this because they're going to have to say, oh, my God, they took away his guns. That's really, really serious stuff. Whereas people on the left will say, they took away his guns. Big deal. Nobody should have guns anyway. But so, you know, look, people are not entirely consistent about their attitudes. Uh, it's the names of the people that matter more than anything. Uh, Lo tekir ponim, do not recognize faces, says the Bible. Do not do justice based on whether your name is Biden or Trump or Hillary Clinton or anybody else. Do justice with a blindfold based on what the facts are. So my conclusion is that for the crimes for which he was charged in this plea bargain, two counts of filing taxes late, one count of not including drug addiction in his application for a gun. By the way, that's a much more serious charge because, you know, you shouldn't have a gun if you're drug addled and, and co cocaine addict. And uh, so I think it's really important that we enforce those, those laws. But in general, the sentences, which are non-prison sentences, probation on two and a diversion program, on the other is fair. That sentence is fair based on the charges. What remains to be seen is whether or not the charges themselves are fair based on the totality of the evidence. And I do not know the answer to that. And the defense lawyer saying this is all behind us doesn't satisfy me and shouldn't satisfy you. And the statement, the vague, ambiguous statement of the Justice Department, you know, basically everything's always open for further investigation, shouldn't satisfy either. I think that this is a case where there should be a report, like the Durham report, uh, like the other reports, uh, the Mueller report. Uh, we're entitled to see where our money was spent on years and years of investigation, especially since we know certain facts. And those facts are not necessarily by their terms exculpatory. They may not be inculpatory, but they're not exculpatory. It's not exculpatory that he owned a, a laptop that contains information of the kind that we hear uh, may be honored. It's it's not exculpatory um, for uh, a president of the United States 
um, when he was vice president to have said to uh, um, leaders in Ukraine that you're not going to get the money unless you fire the prosecutor who happens to be investigating Burisma. Maybe there's an explanation. I hope there is. I like Joe Biden and I voted for him. So I'm hoping there's an explanation, but I'm neutral and objective enough to want to see it. I want to see what it is. I want to see what the evidence is. I mean, we hear now about these tape recordings. Everybody on the, not everybody, but a lot of people on the right act as if, A, we know for sure there are tape recordings. B, they're incriminating. C, they're incriminating not only against um, Hunter Biden, but against Joe Biden. I want to see the evidence. Where's the beef? I want to hear the tapes. Um, apparently, some people in Congress have seen transcripts of the tapes, but they haven't told us what's in them. And again, I don't want to hear or see the tapes through the prism of members of Congress, as, as honest as they might be. I, I would like to hear the tape with my own ears. I'd like to see if there's a videotape with my own eyes. I haven't heard about any videotapes, but who knows? Um, I've had experience with tape recordings in the Ukraine, in Ukraine. Uh, I represented the president of Ukraine, Kuchma, and they had him, they thought, cold on a murder charge. They had a very incriminating tape. Turned out it was made up. It was, to use the current expression, fake news, they they spliced it, turned words around. It's almost as bad as what CNN did with me, leaving out the words illegal, unlawful, corrupt, and then having people say on national television, oh my God, Dershowitz thinks even if you're illegal, unlawful, and corrupt, um, you can't be impeached. Exactly the opposite of what I said. Well, they did that in Ukraine. We caught them. And my client got acquitted um, after I got threatened um, by people we're not sure from who, whether Ukraine or from Russia, but I had to leave in a big hurry. Uh, I was rushed to the airport and put on the first plane out. It didn't matter where it was going. Fortunately, it was going to, I think, Frankfurt. So I was able to get out of Ukraine. I haven't, I haven't gone back. Um, uh, not not uh, uh, a legal system that necessarily uh, ranks among the the best in the world. And, you know, we were worried in the Ukraine case that the KGB may have had a hand in doctoring the tape. KGB has new initials now, which I never know with an S or to B or something like that. But it's the old old KGB, which used to have as his head a guy named Vladimir Putin. So um, there's close connection between Russian intelligence and the head of Russia. And, um, and uh, you know, I want to. I want to know. Also, I've never heard a good explanation from from uh, Joe Biden about why he threatened to withhold money from Ukraine unless they fired a prosecutor. What was his, his business? I guess the explanation is he believed, and probably American intelligence believed, that the prosecutor was corrupt and they were just doing it for good governance. But when part of the investigation involves a company on which your son is making money, um, a little bit of explanation may be necessary. And one hopes maybe that um, in the report, if there is a report, there will be some investigation. So the deal today doesn't end the matter. It may end it as a legal matter. It may end it as a court matter, a judicial matter, uh, but it doesn't end it in the court of public opinion. There are still some unresolved issues, some unanswered questions, and some threads. Uh, so 
we'll see. Uh, we'll see where it goes. Um, but again, I predicted it. Um, I, exactly right. I said that there would be indictments that would come shortly after the Trump indictments, and they would in, involve the taxes and the gun, and they would not involve any of the other issues that the, the media and Republicans want to see investigated. Uh, maybe my prediction will turn out to be wrong over time, and maybe there'll be new indictments. It doesn't seem that way. And certainly the defense attorney, who's apparently a very able defense attorney, uh, basically said publicly that the investigation is over. That's it. That's the deal. And, and, and maybe it is as a defense attorney. I understand making that statement. Sometimes you want to make a self-fulfilling prophecy, and maybe it's something he's been told, but um, uh, the Justice Department has not confirmed exactly that description of the circumstances. So open mind. You can have your presumption of guilt, presumption of innocence, presumption of neutrality, which I think is probably the best thing. Open mind. Wait till you see the evidence. Uh, that, to me, is the, the best presumption we can have in a democracy. So let's see about some letters. Oh, this is great. Why isn't this man heard by 330 million people? <laughs> I'm happy to be heard by the uh, tens of thousands that, that listen to uh, the podcast. I appreciate that. And here's a thanks to Elon, the son of Dirsch, for bringing the world your father. Thank you, Elon. And, uh, and thank you for making that nice comment. Okay, so I asked the question in the last show, um, what will your children think 100 years from now? And um, I thought maybe the answer would be eating animals. Uh, I got none of that, but here's one that I got, which I uh, got from more than one person. Okay, 100 years from now, people will look back on American abortion as unimaginable. People will look back and wonder how good people like Alan Dershowitz could ever have supported such a moral abomination. Dershowitz's great-great-grandchildren will think about Dershowitz the same way that Dershowitz now thinks about Gertrude Stein. Oh, that would be horrible and awful. As you know, my views on abortion are very, very nuanced and very calibrated and very much in a compromise mode. Um, uh, extreme anti-abortionists don't, don't like what I have to say and extreme pro-abortionists don't like what I have to say. I wrote about it in my new book uh, called Oh, Dershowitz on killing how the law decides who shall live and who shall die. Uh, the, the first chapter in the book is all about abortion. And I basically say, look, I don't believe in late term abortion unless it's necessary to save the life or physical health of the mother. But I believe very much in early abortion. That is abortion that, to my mind, is the equivalent of birth control morning after pills, month after pills that kind of thing. But I don't see myself as an extremist on abortion on either side. I was also an opponent of Roe versus Wade when it was first decided. I didn't see in the Constitution either a right to life for the fetus or a right to abort for the mother. I thought that was much more appropriately a legislative matter. And uh, the Supreme Court ruled that it was not and uh, that it was a constitutional matter. Having done that for 50 years, I was also opposed to overruling Roe versus uh, Wade. I believe you should overrule some decisions, but this one was too close. Uh, look, Americans are so deeply divided over abortion. Abortion is so different, for example, than um, desegregation. When Brown versus Board of Education was decided back in 1954, when I was like 
15, 16 years old. Um, very many Americans opposed it, um, particularly in the South. Today, almost nobody opposes it because it was wrong. And, and we knew that. Whereas abortion decided in 1973, I don't think it changed very many minds because abortion is a close moral question. If you were brought up to believe the fetus is a human being with a soul, then you're killing it. Um, I was not brought up that way. You know, in the, in the Jewish religion, life begins when your last kid graduates medical school. Joke, sorry, stereotype. I apologize, but that's a joke that's very common in the Jewish community. Um, but we don't mock people who believe that uh, life begins at the conception or life begins in the first month. That's a, a plausible view. Nobody can answer. It's not a medical question. It's a religious question, maybe a moral question, um, but it's a question that people have very strong views about, and therefore it won't... Uh, it won't uh, change people's minds, and, and it will continue to be that way. Now, one of the big issues is whether the Constitution will be seen by those who wanted to overrule versus Wade as having a right to life in the Constitution, which would mean that no state could permit abortion. I don't think the court will go that far. I'm not sure how they're going to get around it, but if they did, it would be the greatest gift to the Democrats because the vast majority of Americans believe that a woman should have the right to have an abortion in the early stages of pregnancy. The numbers obviously dip as you get further and further into the pregnancy. But I don't think that 100 years from now, people will look back at those of us who favored some kind of abortion as if we were, as if we were Gertrude Stein or as if we were owners of enslaved people. I just don't think we're going to see the same moral condemnation. But... Uh, I'm not going to be around to determine that. So if any of you are really young, maybe you will be. Today, anybody born today has a good chance of living to 100. Okay. Professor Judge, uh, Professor, Judge Eileen Cannon has been named as the presiding judge in the Trump documents case. If she is the named judge, why is Judge Bruce, Bruce Reinhardt making rulings on the release of information to the press and to conditions under which Trump can view classified material? He's the magistrate judge. We have a, uh, a tripartite, multipartite system in America. It used to be only had district court judges, court of appeals judges, Supreme Court justices, but district court judges got so busy. Supreme Court justices aren't particularly busy, but district court judges are very busy. So Congress enacted statutes creating a post of magistrate judge. They're not Article Three judges. They're not uh, confirmed by the Senate in the way that uh, Article Three judges, full judges are confirmed by the Senate, but they do a lot of the jobs that judges do, particularly discovery, pretrial, calendaring, and all that. And Reinhardt is uh, thought to be one of the better uh, magistrates in, in South Florida, so he's doing a lot of those jobs. Okay, Professor, the DOJ has pierced attorney-client privilege of Donald Trump on several occasions, once when they raided Mike Cohn's office, and again when the judge made Trump's lawyers testify to a grand jury. Can the average citizen have any confidence that whatever they tell their lawyer will remain confidential in the world we now live in? A great question. The answer is no. The answer is no. There are so many exceptions to the lawyer-client privilege that I have to warn my clients. Um, that's why I don't take notes when I interview uh, clients. Um, I fortunately have a good memory, but I don't want to be subpoenaed for, for my notes. And if I'm subpoenaed and testify in front of a grand jury, I won't disclose what a client told me, but today there are so many exceptions. The worst is 
this taint team, uh, if they seize materials on a search warrant, and that includes lawyer-client privilege material, could say right on the top, just the way some documents say classified, others say lawyer-client privilege information. According to the courts today, the Justice Department can review those documents. They have a taint team, a special team. They promise they won't talk to the prosecutorial team. But a wink and a nod over lunch, um, who knows? So I don't trust uh, the taint team concept. And that's why I actually favored Judge Cannon's ruling, creating a special master to look over Trump's material. That included lawyer-client classified material. It was overruled by the 11th Circuit. I've been arguing for 30 years that the taint team concept is wrong. I still think it's wrong. I'm involved in an exchange of communications with a close friend of mine. He takes the opposite view. And we've been fighting about that. But uh, I think I'm right. Okay. Professor, according to the IRS Crimes Handbook, any willful attempt to evade or defeat federal taxes is a felony. Hunter Biden's tax crimes, however, have been pled down to a misdemeanor and his felony gun charge dropped with a diversion program. Is this not evidence of a two-tier justice system? No, it's not. Uh, that's exactly the way most people would be treated if their names weren't Biden. And if these were the only crimes, I would say, no, it's not evidence of a two-tier system. It's pretty good evidence of a one-tier system. What may be evidence of a two-tier system is if, in fact, there are other factors that are not being investigated or after being investigated are not being prosecuted, even though the evidence of crimes is there. So, no, the sentences itself meted out pursuant to the plea bargain is relatively routine, reflects a good defense lawyer who I commend for having made the deal. If, in fact, there is more to it, you know, then uh, we'll have to see. But uh, right now we don't have enough evidence of that. Help. How can we demand the trial be televised? What can we do? What actions can we take? Who can we call? Who can we write to? What actions can we take? Help, help, help. I agree with your question uh, completely. And um, I think you ought to write to your congressman. I think you ought to uh, write letters to the editor. I think you should push in every lawful First Amendment protected way to have this trial televised. It, it will never have legitimacy unless it's televised. Nobody's going to believe what they see on CNN, MSNBC and The New York Times. No rational person, at least, is going to believe it. They're going to want to see it with their own eyes. And so uh, I'm hoping that uh, uh, this and other shows and this is something that I think everybody can agree to. I don't even know whether Trump wants it to be televised. Maybe he doesn't want it to be televised. I don't care. I'm not doing it for him. I'm advocating it because I think it's best for the American public and for the Constitution. Okay, last question. I have a house full of photographs. My walls are vertical. Question, how do you secure these photographs to what is obviously a wall on an angle? Here, take a look. Uh, this is my life on my slanty wall. Uh, this is uh, my study on Martha's Vineyard. It was originally an attic, you know, uh, just really essentially crawl space. But my wonderful wife, uh, who wanted to get rid of me from being at the dining room table, which has not succeeded completely. But uh, she uh, organized this study and it has a slanting wall because it's, you know, part of the outside roof. And I got a guy to come in. I got a guy. And he was able to put all those pictures up. And these pictures, you know, represent my life uh, from the time I was a kid until until recently. And 
so far, none of them have fallen down. So uh, there's a few little spots up there that still are empty. Maybe I'll put a few more up there, but I can't do it. I need, you know, a real a real guy with a hammer and a nail um, to and, and a measure to 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 do it. So uh, thanks for for noticing uh, the walls here. These this 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 wall, this sloping wall is different, obviously. Then the walls I have in New York, where I have all my memorabilia, my you know founding fathers, constitutional stuff. This is just mostly stuff about my background and 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 my history. And maybe someday I'll take you on a tour through it. But in the meantime, uh, enough for today. And uh, um, looking forward to seeing you all tomorrow. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.